Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turns multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy Pfeiffer, and today I am here with another amazing Suburban Warrior. And I'm really personally excited about this episode because we are going to get so much information from our expert today. My guest today is here to share her expert tools to help women take charge of their menopause and talk about really the need to normalize the conversations and the treatment plans by educating and empowering ourselves and the women around us. I really think as women, we need to start normalizing these conversations um, because, you know, we talk so much about the phase of when we get our periods and the phase of, you know, having babies, but then menopause, there's not many conversations out there about that. So super excited to welcome to the podcast, Esther Blum. She is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She was voted Best Nutritionist by Manhattan Magazine. She has appeared on Dr. Oz Today, A Healthy You with Carol Ott, The Isaac Show, ABC TV, Fox 5's Good Day New York, Fox News Live, and more. She is also an in-demand authority, frequently quoted in E! Online, In Touch, Time Magazine, The New York Post, The Los Angeles Times, In Style, Bazaar, Self, Fitness, Marie Claire, and Cosmo. Esther received a Bachelor of Science in Clinical Nutrition from Simmons College in Boston and is a graduate of NYU, where she received her Master's of Science in Clinical Nutrition. Esther is credentialed as a registered dietitian, a certified dietitian nutritionist, and a certified nutrition specialist. Esther currently runs a virtual practice where she helps women balance hormones, lose stubborn body fat, treat the root cause of health struggles, and she lives in Connecticut with her family where she could be found cooking up a storm, going for long hikes, and blasting 80s music by the fire pit. That's right. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Esther. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Well, I am, like I said, really personally super excited to interview you because you are a wealth of knowledge on a very important topic, which is menopause. And I know a lot of my listeners are in the same boat as me where they may be in perimenopause, menopause itself, and experiencing all the symptoms and not really finding the right resources to treat the symptoms. Because I'll just give you a quick story before we get into it personally. When I went to my gynecologist, when I started experiencing menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, and um, like all the things, it was like, welcome to menopause. This is just the phase you're in. Here we go. And she gave me like a supplement that was for hot flashes. It didn't work. And it was just kind of like, bye-bye. See ya. So here I am. It's like 
four and a half years later, still dealing with all the symptoms. I'm much more educated myself, but it's it's been a journey and it's something that I do on my own. So can't wait to dive right into it. Yes. So um, talk to us about really, first of all, why, why focusing on the menopause? Because you have all these amazing credentials, your background, why focusing on menopause for you now? There's going to be 1.2 billion women in menopause all over the globe by 2030. And so I follow where my clients take me. So my clients have really grown up with me. You know, when I started in private practice, I was in my 20s. That's when I wrote my first book, Eating Can Be Gorgeous, which was really about partying and living it up in New York City, but also having balance. It was like a martini in one hand and wheatgrass in the other. And it was really an ode to like sex in the city and then, you know, through my 30s and 40s, I wrote a bunch of other books. I wrote a paleo diet book for women called Cave Women Don't Get Fat. And then I decided to take a real break from writing. And during that time, what happened was my practice really transformed. And all of a sudden, the women coming to me, excuse me, <clears throat> were in perimenopause and menopause. And I was like, yeesh, I don't really have the tools or the knowledge to you know, handle it, I really wasn't sure what to do. So I, um, fortunately, I have a team of doctors who have been mentoring me for years, I started doing more interesting testing, um, which I'll get into in a minute. But through the testing and understanding what was happening to my clients, and then seeing that everything was treatable, and this was before I was even in perimenopause, I started to really see results of what was possible. And then I began to also really see the very serious need for advocacy because so many women like you, I mean, most women like you, I would say 98% of women, Chrissy, are like you, where their suffering is normalized. And the doctor says, that's just the way it is. Um, one of my clients told me that her doctor uh, her gynecologist said, oh, well, I take Benadryl shots every night, but here, why don't, I'm going to give you an IUD now. Oh and, God. you know, just all sorts of horrific stories where suffering is normalized, no solution in sight. And I always say, if that's your predicament, find a new doctor. So I end up doing testing that doctors could do, but they just don't because they're not trained. I mean, listen, I think of how many years I've been doing this over 27 years, right? What I do is not taught in medical school. It's not even taught. And I didn't learn it in my bachelor's or master's in clinical nutrition. I really had to go learn it myself. And that is why I wrote my next book, which is coming out in October. It's called See You Later, Ovulator. Mastering Menopause Through Nutrition, Hormones, and Self-Advocacy. And it's really opening the kimono on exactly how I treat women in practice and teach them how to talk to their doctor and teach them where they can find the best doctors and what the solutions are. If you've had breast cancer, if you haven't had breast cancer, what do you do about hormones? Are they safe? Can you start them in perimenopause? The answer is yes, spoiler alert. So all the things that like I wish... My books evolve because they're always the books I wish someone wrote for me. So this is just the next logical step in solving menopause and giving women relief and their quality of life back. First of all, I have to say that I absolutely love 
the title of your book. It's <laughs> so you. great. See you later, ovulator. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and it's very catchy. So love that. And I and I cannot wait until it launches because I will be oh, one of the first ones to pick it up and read it because I need all the help I can get. So you mentioned testing. Let's talk about that real quick because I, I do know that, you know, there aren't many tests like from a doctor standpoint to really talk, like figure out menopause. I know that from experience. So what tests do women need done to really yes. figure out their hormone baseline and, and are they in menopause and all of those things? Well, and yes, and blood tests with menopause are tricky because some doctors will say, don't even bother because your estrogen levels are going to be a roller coaster. And other doctors do rely on blood work, but um, I do extensive metabolic testing with blood work. I run seven different thyroid tests. Most doctors do one. Um, which is TSH, which is a very poor excuse for a thyroid panel. And I also look at inflammatory markers. I look at your insulin levels. I look at your blood sugar and just kind of see what your state of inflammation is like. Then I run two additional tests that ship to your house. You can do them at home. One is called the Dutch test and one is a GI map. The Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. This I like better than blood because A, it's just as sensitive um, as saliva tests, which is another option for testing your hormone levels. But it also, so it looks at your baseline hormone production. It also looks at your cortisol levels and cortisol levels are really important in menopause because look at what's happening, right? You have teenage children. I have teenage children. I have an aging mom. I lost my dad. You know, like we're in this real sandwich place. So you're just stretched about as far as you can see, uh, you know, the eye can see yeah. emotionally, physically. So I look at the impact that cortisol is having on your body. Some women are just so depleted, they're rock bottom and just exhausted, no energy. Other women have wicked insomnia because their progesterone's falling cortisol goes up and they're just up all night and cannot sleep. And then are understandably quite irritable and ragey in the morning. So, I mean, hello, who is right. supposed to ever function on no sleep? No, nobody, nobody's nice when they're not sleeping myself included. So I look at cortisol, I look at your hormones and I see if you are a candidate for starting and I prefer bioidentical hormone replacement. The biggest fear I hear around hormones is, oh no, it's going to give me cancer. I had a family history of cancer. This is exactly why I do the Dutch test because it looks at your detoxification pathways of your hormones and checks your estrogen dominance. If your uterine tissue is, is healthy, if you are, um, if you are metabolizing your hormones well through your liver and your gut, then you are a perfect candidate to start bioidentical hormones. You don't have to wait until you're in perimenopause or full-blown menopause. You don't have to wait for a year after. Why is it important to, to start hormones early? Because chronic aging diseases of aging, such as Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, and heart disease start in menopause. Alzheimer's starts 20 years prior to the time you're exhibiting symptoms. And that is the time when estrogen levels are dropping, dropping, dropping. So bioidentical hormones, I don't jack anyone up on high levels, uh, no testosterone pellets or anything like that. 
I give about a fifth of the dose of what a birth control would be. Just gentle, gentle, gentle. I'm not looking to put you back in your 20s. That wouldn't be right. But enough to offset vaginal dryness and to help you sleep. Uh, What most people don't realize is that progesterone is a precursor to a very calming neurotransmitter called GABA. So it helps you sleep, helps take the edge off, the moodiness, the rage. Testosterone therapy can also help restore libido. So can DHEA. And there's all sorts of cool delivery systems, right? Some women need it vaginally. Some women need it orally. Some women need it topically. So I really work with women and we figure out the best delivery system. And then I will partner with them to either advocate for their doctors or just help them find a new doctor who will prescribe it. So that's the Dutch test. The GI map is a stool test that enables me to look at your microbiome. I can look at if you, because a lot of women get a lot of bloating with all the high cortisol, the drop in estrogen and progesterone, all of a sudden they're getting reflux and food intolerances they haven't seen before. So I say, okay, what's going on? Are you low in digestive fire? Do you have um, H. pylori and some pathogens cooking? Do you have a leaky gut, a gluten intolerance? And are you recycling estrogen inside the gut wall? And again, does your liver need support? So it, it really gives me an overall picture of inflammation, absorption of your nutrients, digestive pathways. And again, I often start with the digestive tract. If you don't treat your gut in menopause, you're not going to feel well when you do a hormone replacement. So I really try and create a resilient human that is then able to handle the ups and downs, the estrogen roller coaster ride, the depletion of sex hormones. And it really changes the quality of a woman's life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it sounds like obviously all the testing is super comprehensive because, you know, it really has to be, you know, it's not, I think we get into this thought process of like, oh, we have a symptom, we go to the doctor and we want it fixed. But this isn't really about just treating the symptom, right? It's about getting to the root cause, which of course, you know, is menopause and and aging. However, there's so many things that are happening in our body during menopause, um, you know, all the different hormones and all the symptoms, the symptoms being, you know, hot flashes, you can't sleep. Then when you can't sleep, like you said, you're waking up and you're, you're raging in the morning. Weight gain, there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot more than that, but those are the top ones that I'm thinking of because it's just those symptoms then cause all these other feelings and emotions like that lead to mental health issues. Right. And then I know you talk about, you know, this, um, the dreaded many pot, menopot, menopot. So what is that? What do you, what is that? And how to, how, what, how do you deal with it? Yes. Well, let me just circle back to the mental health piece too, yeah. because okay. depression and anxiety, when your estrogen and progesterone fall, you're going to have real biochemical changes in your mood. And uh, also if you're having gut changes due to low estrogen and progesterone, right? We forget that serotonin and dopamine are made in the small intestine. So a lot of doctors will prescribe an antidepressant which you know can absolutely get you over the hump if need be, but it won't cure your hot flashes. It won't cure your vaginal dryness. And it's certainly not going to rebuild bone or help prevent bone loss. So you have to really work on the root cause of the problem. 
Okay. What is the menopause? So the <laughs> menopause is, you know, we all, and I noticed it too, there's a real change in your waistline where you go, you may go from like uh, hourglass figure to more like a Coke can yeah. or, you know, your, <laughs> your muffin top turns into a cake top. And all of a sudden the weight you gain is all around your midsection where it hasn't been before. And again, that is because with declining estrogen and progesterone, you can get high insulin levels. You can also have elevated cortisol levels due to hot flashing and not sleeping, insomnia. So this is a time when you really want to watch the timing of carbs in your diet. Now, some women I have seen or talked to, they love keto short-term for menopause, but I try not to ever go that extreme. I don't really think you need to go that extreme to lose the body fat you gain in menopause. The first thing you want to do again is get your cortisol under control uh, so that you sleep through the night and get your hormones replenished if you can if you're a candidate. So that once you sleep, sleep is your metabolic mistress, right? So if your sleep is good, that will normalize your insulin and your cortisol and give you energy and also mental focus during the day. There's a lot of brain fog that can happen in menopause. Yes. But food wise, you know, I love to tell women and it works really well is to have carbs at night. I always say protein by day and carbs at night. Most people are so nervous to do that. They say, no way. I read that I'm going to gain so much weight. I can't eat carbs at night. It's actually not true because if you're eating carbs at night and you're sleeping better, then the body fat will come off and carbs can also take the edge off that irritability. So obviously people, I'm not talking about donuts and caramel covered popcorn and ice cream and cocktails, which are also, you know, sugar in a different form. Um, I'm really talking about complex carbs, sweet potatoes, beans and rice, potato salad, potatoes that have been cooked and cooled are very high in resistant starch, which stabilizes your blood sugar, takes a long time to break down over time. And when you, oh, and also quinoa and uh, winter squash. And when you partner that with protein and fiber from good quality vegetables, then, you know, your blood sugar stabilizes much better and you can sleep through the night. So that's a first starting point in nailing the menopause. So when you say at night, would dinner be appropriate yes. to eat those carbs? Okay. Yes. At dinner time. Okay. Yes. Another really helpful thing to do is intermittent fasting. And most people don't even realize this, but we're actually already doing it without realizing it. That's when you stop eating after dinner and you don't eat until the next morning and there's a 12 hour break. So if your dinner's done by seven and you don't eat till seven, seven thirty the next morning, you are intermittent fasting. That gives your body the chance to rest uh, and not be digesting. But I will say this too, and it sounds very counterintuitive. Some women do really well with adrenal support at bed. And that means sometimes having like a teaspoon of honey with some sea salt on top. That's another great sleep hack um, to really help a woman sleep. Also, if you're having a lot of joint aches and pains, um, which can happen with declining progesterone, you can make a little sleepy cocktail of steamed milk or almond milk, and you add in turmeric and a shot of a little bit of black pepper. Um, and that helps also, it helps with the inflammation and can help control sleep, help uh, improve sleep. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great advice. I'm going to try that. 
because I, I, the joint pain, the hot flashes, everything. So but I want to go back to hormone replacement therapy for a minute, because I know you talked about ident- uh, bioidentical, that being, you know, really what you favor is the benefit of HRT really to get rid of the symptoms. I mean, it like the hot flashes, the joint pain, the vaginal dryness, brain fog, when you're on HRT, are those symptoms alleviated? Yes, you can absolutely alleviate those symptoms, but you also want to prevent the onset of chronic disease like dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, osteoporosis, heart disease, because, and especially heart disease, you know, a woman's risk is typically much lower than a man's because she has, you know, most, many women store fat in the lower extremities of their bodies away from their heart. But with menopause, your fat deposits shift to your midsection, which are closer to your heart. So your heart, your risk of heart disease goes up, your cholesterol goes up, about 30% of women develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So you want to uh, in menopause. So right. you want to make sure, you know, hormone replenishment can really help regulate that and restore your quality of life. Yeah. I mean, which is huge and, mm-hmm. and amazing. So what do you say to the people that say HRT causes cancer? I'm so glad you asked. Okay. So um, the North American Menopause Society updated their position paper on this in 2018. They did a tremendous amount of long-term studies and showed and proved there was no correlation between hormones and breast cancer. Now there's a couple of caveats to that. Okay. One is that the original hormones used was Premarin, which was made from the urine of pregnant horses, not exactly bioidentical or molecularly similar to our own hormones. Right. So take that with a grain of salt. And number two, there really isn't enough research on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. But here's what we do know. It's tolerated well in many women. Not everyone tolerates it, right? We all have to find our unique cocktail, but it's tolerated very well. There are even oncologists who do give bioidentical hormone replacement, even in cancer survivors. Because if you look at what a woman is feeling when she goes on tamoxifen, it's, you know, a lot of vaginal dryness, depression, anxiety, uh, you know, uh, brain fog, weight gain, all and uh, diabetes type two, all the menopausal symptoms that you get. And so it's really, again, when you support your detox pathways properly, you can tolerate the hormones better. But hormones should, I liken them to a gently moving stream, right? They should always come in and then be shuttled out via urine and stool. The problem is when we have very poor detox pathways or a fatty liver, or you're very constipated, you're not pooping every day, then the hormones are stagnant, like a pond with scum on top. You know, it really just, they're not moving through. You're feeling worse. You're gaining weight. You're bloated. You're not, you're irritable. So you've got to make sure that you get tuned up first. And a lot of people will write off to you don't need all that expensive testing. I'm like, you know what? the best investment you made because you need to know your baseline and understand how your body's working. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I totally agree. I think you have to understand what's happening 
within your body before you can fix the problem, right? And it's not, it takes a little bit of digging and it's not just a quick blood test. So how about, I know I noticed for myself, and I think a lot of friends that are my age are the same, in the same boat that like, you know, when you exercise and you move, it starts to feel different in your body as we age. And I feel like there's some exercises that really cause more stress on your body. The things that we might've been doing in our thirties aren't what we should be doing in our forties. So are there certain exercises that you think are best for women in perimenopause or menopause? Yeah. So um, again, if your cortisol is really high or really depleted, I recommend you switch from, you know, something like high intensity cardio or Pelotons. You know, a lot of women love, right, spin classes and they start working out more when they gain weight. They're like, okay, now I'm going to cut my food back and I'm going to exercise more. That's right. actually going to worse your situation and raise and sustain your cortisol. So you actually want to switch to walking, which I know it's like I ran marathon back in the day. I was a huge runner. And my body does not like it anymore. I really got used to doing long walks, which are gentle, fat burning, restore your energy. If you're having sleep issues, I recommend first thing in the morning, getting your brain exposed to outside light, which has a spectrum greater than 200 times of what just an inside light bulb will do, especially yeah. if you're using uh the new LED bulbs have, it's all blue light. It's very unhealthy for the brain. So you want to make sure you're getting outside and walking and uh, you can do yoga. You can do Pilates. You can also lift heavy weights and build up. Nobody starts out lifting 50 pound weights. You start slow, but consistent because you want to make sure you have good bone density. You have good range of motion and you want to make sure you build muscle, which is the organ of longevity yeah. and will help, you know, it will help decrease. I mean, I watch my clients who start and again, they start with three to five pound weights and slowly, slowly build up. And I always say, if you have a Peloton, like just switch to the weight, the strength classes instead of the spin classes. But, you know, when you build up over time, your cholesterol, A, your, your inches uh, get much smaller, you lose a lot of inches in body fat, but B, you improve your insulin sensitivity. So you get rid of that stubborn midsection body fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I know you gave us some tips for, for nutrition with like the honey and the salt and the steamed almond milk with the um, turmeric and black pepper for sleeping and that sort of thing. So um, asking for a friend, anything like that, <laughs> that might help with, that might help with hot flashes. <laughs> yes. So Diet-wise, you really want to think about clearing out caffeine and alcohol because those are huge hot flash triggers. And this is where, <laughs> I know this is where I get the hate, the pushback, but um, you know, caffeine, believe it or not, you can actually feel more energized off caffeine. Again, your body responds to it different, it clears it out different. Um, there is a company, I have zero financial ties to them. They're called Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R. And there's a product I love called Perform. And it is uh, cordyceps and cacao. And there's a little ginger in there. So it's, okay. it's like an unsweetened hot chocolate. It's very pleasant to drink, but gives good mental focus and good energy throughout the day. 
And yes, booze, it's a real mental game more than anything else. But I guarantee your sleep will get better off booze because booze really, you know, especially if you're a red wine lover, like it just bumps up your sugar uh, and insulin. And then when it crashes, when your blood sugar falls at two, three, 4 a.m., your liver's in detox mode, then your cortisol shoots up and ding, you're like yeah. wide awake and cannot fall back asleep and hungover. Yes. Um, and so booze is, you know, I'm always in a cocktail state of mind is what I like to say. Yeah. But, you know, I drink kombucha. I find there's non-alcoholic wines although I'm not a big wine fan anymore, but most of the time I'll just do, you know, a Pellegrino. I throw in a shot of grapefruit juice or cranberry and just, yeah, it has a little sugar, but it just looks really pretty. Right. Right. No, I think that's, I'm sorry. I was going to say those are great suggestions because I do know, again, me and a lot of my friends are experiencing like alcohol very differently, right? We all talk about that middle of the night wake up where you're just like, oh, now I'm up, can't fall back asleep. Exactly. But yep. the other thing I like people to do is add in, okay? A, you want to add in protein. This is the time to really optimize your protein intake, get, you know, four to six ounces of protein at a meal. You will see your cravings go away. You will see your blood sugar get level. You will see your energy levels improve, but most importantly, if you're lifting weights and you don't eat enough protein, your body, your physique will not change. And yeah. it is possible to build muscle in menopause. So you really have to eat that way to support diet, especially if you're too exhausted to work out and anything intensely, you really need your diet to be dialed in. And the last thing I'll say is cruciferous vegetables are also important because they facilitate what's called phase two detox in the liver, which is when you turn fat soluble compounds into water soluble compounds. So you can flush your hormones out. So think about uh, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, radishes, believe it or not, yeah. uh, are cruciferous. Uh, there's so many wonderful ways to, to get good veggies in, and those help clean up your liver beautifully. Okay, great. That's good to know. I love all those vegetables. I think they're very popular. So yeah, many people, easy to eat, right? Easy. Um, yeah. Easy, easy. Okay. So can you share with us like a success story that you've had with maybe a client, you know, who was in menopause and feeling awful and feeling like she's at the end of her rope, right? Because I feel like there's a lot of women out there that are just really struggling. And, you know, how how was she able to sort of get her groove back? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, do you want someone who's gone? I mean, I immediately think of one of my college besties. She's perimenopause, but I treated her. She texted me this morning because I'm having her uh, write up a testimonial. I'm just going to pull up her text a minute. Yeah. Um, and she said that she has lost. I, she was, she came to me very overweight. She had a good, you know, 40 to 50 pounds to lose. And she was drinking most nights of the week. The pandemic was really rough on her. She was drinking a lot um, and she did buy a Peloton, but, and her eating was off and she had gone off and on whole 30, like a gazillion times. And I was like, if I have to watch you count the grams of sugar in a spoon of ketchup one more time, <laughs> I mean, I was like, seriously, that's yeah. what you're focusing on. And, you know, I mean, yes, it sounds judging, but, you know, I would tease her about, I was like, come on. And, right. but most importantly, I would see her lose and regain the weight 
over and over and over. And I was like, is it worth it? What's, what's the point? So she texted me this morning. She's down six inches in both hips and waist, five inches in her bust, and one and a half to two inches in both thighs. Oh, and she's down 25 pounds. Wow, amazing. She hasn't been this low weight since her wedding. And she's been married. I mean, she has a teenage daughter now. So it was a while ago. And what we did was this. We flipped her ratios. She was eating too many carbs relative to the amount of protein she was eating. So I got her eating more protein relative to her carbs. We did not omit carbs, but we flipped her ratios. She did break up with booze 90% of the time. Now when she goes out, she has a mocktail or you know a glass of water and uh, she pretty much doesn't drink. She feels better. She notices her body didn't process it so well. And she switched from Peloton bike classes to the strength classes. And she does them four days a week. She works out about 40 minutes a day. And it's not all intense and sweating. Sometimes it's walking the dog. Sometimes it's a stretch class. Sometimes it's, you know, just a simple scenic bike ride, but nothing high intensity. So it's more frequent and more consistent, but just lower key. Like she's not sweating. Her strength classes are like 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. Yeah. So she's exercising smarter, not harder. And she really dialed in her diet and she could not be any happier. Really, really happy. Yeah. I, and that's amazing. And I think that just shows that it's it's not just one thing, right? It's it's a holistic view of your diet, your moving, your, you know, your intake, whether you're taking supplements or not. It, it's really, it's a holistic shift in yeah. how we function. Yes. Right? And she, oh, she was also getting a lot of headaches. That's one thing we didn't mention as a symptom of yeah. menopause. Yeah. A lot of headaches due to relative estrogen dominance because your estrogen surges and your progesterone is very low. So we got our headaches under control too. We did some DIM. It's a methane. It, it's a supplement that's a concentrate of cruciferous vegetables. So okay. we improved our estrogen detox. And we did some B-complex and things to just really support her energy and her hormones. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that is so great. I, you know, I just think that it's so reassuring to know that there, there are options out there, right? And they're just not readily available unless we really start seeking them or seeking out experts like yourself to help us along this journey. Okay, so see you later, ovulator is going to be released when? Uh, October 6th. It should be available for pre-order in August or September. If you follow me on Instagram at gorgeous Esther, that's E-S-T-H-E-R, you will, or you go to estherblum.com. I've got lots of free goodies there that you can download. And I'm about to launch my next lead magnet, the happy hormone cocktail. So, uh, there's lots of goodies there and I will absolutely keep you in the loop And I couldn't be more excited. Oh, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to see the book (laughs) and read it. Um, We will have everything linked in the show notes so that any listeners, you guys can check um, Esther out on Instagram or make sure you follow her so you know exactly when you can pre-order and grab her book because Esther, you are just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, you're amazing. Uh, Thank you for being here today and sharing all of your expert advice with us. And really for all the work that you're doing for women, because 
I truly do believe that this is something that we need to talk about more and more, normalize this conversation around menopause and everything that we're dealing with, because it's really for the rest of our lives. I mean, that's like, I think about, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 47. Like I have so much longer to go, but I feel like crap. (laughs) So what am I going to do about it? And, you know, I think it's really important to have these conversations. So I just want to thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. The, we got to get you feeling better. That's for sure. I know. It's not okay. It we is cannot, not. We cannot not. raise our kids and work and be productive. Not for no, well, it's so. just, you know, and I think it's one of those things where you just keep waiting for it to get better, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so. Yeah. No, no. But there are solutions out there. There are yes. absolutely solutions out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for being here with us today. Guys, make sure you check out Esther on Instagram and I cannot wait for your book to come out. See you later, Abby later. So I love it. Um, All right, guys, we'll see you again next week with another amazing suburban warrior here to share with you her stories. Talk to you next week. 